This week's episode of the Two Tools Baseball Podcast covers the Yankees fans' worst nightmare. Astros roll to the World Series. The Padres come up just short. And Bryce Harper lives up to the hype. Also, who do you have winning the World Series? Get our full breakdown coming up now. Hello listeners, my name is Alex Jonitz and I am joined as always by my co-host Travis Miller. I am more of a stats nerd, he was a total stud on his D3 college team. This is the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. Enjoy. What's going on listeners, welcome back to another episode of the Two Tools Baseball Podcast, episode 80. Alex and I are coming to you live. It is Monday night, October 24th. Both series, Alex, completed. The league championship series have been finished. We know who is going to be going to this year's World Series. And what a crazy couple series it was. And honestly, Alex, a a fast series from both sides. We saw um, Yankees, Astros in the American League side, Padres and Phillies in the National League side. Um... I tell you, man, it, 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 these are some outcomes we did not anticipate on. At least I didn't. You, of course, had some really nice predictions. We'll we'll get some kudos later on in the episode, Alex. Um, we'll start, of course, with the recap part, and we'll go with the American League side. The Astros basically took it to the Yankees, Alex. It's really funny because one week ago, Yankee fans were screaming outside, we want Houston, and they got Houston. They got him. Um, they got him, and Houston brought their A game, and Houston basically said, you know what? You want us so bad, we're going to sweep you. Four straight wins. Astros haven't lost in the playoffs yet, so they are 7-0 and in this year's October baseball. But, I mean, just what a beating by the Astros this year. And I, I, I really don't have too much else to say other than that. Every single aspect of the ball, the hitting, the pitching, the defense, was all won by the Astros. They took it to them, um, and it just seems that the Yankees – have really fizzled out in the last month or so for playing baseball. We didn't see them have a strong series against the Guardians, and we just really didn't see them have a strong series against the Astros. And and one thing I I want to point out is that last week, Alex, when we were talking about the Guardians-Yankees series and who'd win that series, I really felt that the Yankees going in, if they won the division series to play the Astros, I think the Astros would have a really easy time with them rather than the Guardians. I think the Guardians, if they made the league championship series, I think this game could be, I think this series would be going five, possibly even six games. I feel like the Guardians have a little bit of a pesky feel to them that uh, Astros might not be able to take care of them in a sweep. But give me your thoughts on the recap. And I know you have a lot of uh, a lot of news to share with us, of course, about about Yankees moving forward, too. Yeah. So uh, essentially. I want to start by just saying Astros uh, more. It's almost the expectation at this point. They're going to be great in a playoff series. Uh, They show up at pretty much every series. Even when they lose a series in the playoffs, Travis, it's always hard fought down to the end uh, pretty consistently. So uh, they just continue to retool, get better and better. You know, it's just just so impressive. Uh, You know, Pena had a monster uh, three-run homer that was so important to winning game four, I believe it was. And, you know, it just felt like they still have Carlos Correa on their team because Jeremy Pena stepped up in the biggest moments of, you know, biggest at-bats of his whole life pretty much were, mm-hmm. you know, a home run in a Seattle and then a three-run home run in New York. And then he's, of course, the uh, ALCS MVP, which well-deserved to him. 
but yeah, it's just the Astros continue to roll, continue to dominate. Um, and it feels very much business as usual, right? I'm sure they did celebrate Travis, mm-hmm. but we all know that, you know, they're focused on winning it all. You know, this is not enough for them to be satisfied. I will um, say, I think it was the the calmest league championship series celebration I've seen from a team in a very long time because it looks like they captured the last out and they had a one run lead in the ninth. It wasn't like they were up 10 runs, but they're almost shaking hands like they won a game in August. They yeah. won a game in October and it was game four of the American League Championship Series, which to advance. Yeah. Just funny how it goes that way. Right. And so the Astros, like we said, you know, we both kind of expected them to make it this far. Clearly the premier team of the American League. And also they have that rules that start the playoff pedigree that we come to expect. Now we'll kind of shift over talking about the Yankees. Much more to talk about, of course. Um, all the drama, all the expectations that came up short um, when it comes to getting swept. Of course, I think if you told most Yankee fans, you know, we'll pencil you in for the championship series and see where it goes from there, they'd be like, let's go. But when you have such a hot couple months to start the season, kind of tail off in the second half, but you still know, hey, we made it to the postseason, we have a bye. Um you probably felt really great about your chances. You know, maybe Seattle knocks off the Astros for us or something like that. But what ends up happening, Travis, is one of the one of the worst case scenarios. Obviously, if they lost to the Guardians, that might have been worse. But um, I think getting swept by the Astros is pretty high on the list of what's the worst ways that this could go down for us once you already made the playoffs. I think every fan is just really, um, you know, distraught almost just from the way the Astros continue to kind of dominate their franchise. I saw this stat, Travis. I'm going to make sure um, I have it right. Uh, but if I'm not mistaken, I believe the stat says that the Astros have eliminated the Yankees from the playoffs more than any other team in Yankees history. Oh, wow. That doesn't even make any sense. Yeah. They've been in the same conference for the same league for a decade. Yeah, since They've 20, eliminated 2013. Them. Let me make sure I have this uh, this tweet exactly right here. Yeah, 2013, they came into the American League from the National League Central, and then they played each other in a wild card game in 2015, I believe. That was the Astros' first playoff appearance in the American League in their history. And then they played each other in the championship series in 2017, 2019, and then, of course, this year. So this will be their fourth playoff appearance of uh, – of I guess these two's existence in the American League because the Astros have only been here for about yeah ten years. Yeah, so the yeah, the Astros at this tweet says that they hold the record for eliminating the Yankees from the playoffs more than any other team, which I don't understand how a team that's been around as so long as the Yankees <clears throat> and makes the playoffs as often as the Yankees. The Yankees have had a winning record every season of our life, pretty much, yep. Travis. It's just like it's a, it's on some crazy level, um, but yet still the Astros who have just been their pesky. Um, you know, American League rival, essentially the last, you know, less than a decade have eliminated them already four times from the playoffs. It's just definitely um, partially probably a mental thing and also definitely Mm -hmm. just a difference of kind of philosophies in front offices too. Yeah. And, and just the, 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 the the players are stepping up consistently for the Astros. Um, The Yankees have tons of talent, but some things definitely could just have been a bit better for them. Um, you could people could point at Judge, they could point at Cole, they can point at the depth not being as amazing as it could have been. But at the end of the day, it really just comes down to it feels like these teams were not really on the same level, um, which 
I think you and I both kind of thought going into the series, mm-hmm. but you still have to give the Yankees a shot just because they have the talent. And, you know, if Judge goes crazy or if Cole's locked down, he can yep. win you two games kind of thing. But uh, after watching the series, it was not that close. So another another thing that I kind of want to touch on is um, do the Yankees need to – like is there something wrong with the way they're currently doing things in your mind? Do they need to have some sort of organizational change? Or do you think it's simply about, you know, wasn't our year, bad luck mm-hmm. or whatever it might be, we'll try to get them next year. Maybe the Astros, you know, lose some guys or mm-hmm. whatever it might be. But do you think the Yankees um, are doing something that's preventing them from being able to win a World Series or make their World Series? Mm-hmm. Or do you think that um, they should keep trying to run it back and just hope for hope for things to go better? Yeah, I think they need to definitely go back to the drawing board and take a look at this roster and this team. I mean, one big question is going to be everyone that's headed to free agency. I mean, right now, Aaron Judge is a free agent. Um, Zach Britton, Aroldis Chapman, um, Andrew Penitendi, a couple other guys, uh, Jameson Tyon. Um, and a couple other guys to name, you know, name more, they're free agents. So that of course would be a big question. Who do they want to bring back? Who are they going to let go and go and explore the free agency market? Um, one thing I noticed about the Yankees that I've, I kind of always have brought up Alex and, you know, it's kind of good and bad because some teams it's really successful and some teams it's really not a successful, um, move, but everyone on the Astros, I mean, we're talking about homegrown talent, Bregman, Jeremy Pena, Jose Altuve. I'm kind of Guriel. Guriel came from Cuba, but I don't know if he spent a little bit of time in the minors. But Kyle Tucker, I don't think Chaz McCormick was a big free agent signing at all. <laughs> He's kind of right. developed in the process. And then, of course, all um, the pitchers as well. All the pitchers. And then, of course, Jordan Alvarez. You just have a bunch of homegrown talent that had grew up together and now are succeeding together. And the Yankee story is let's go out there and spend big money on Stanton. Let's go out and spend big money on Garrett Cole, Josh Donaldson, LeMayhew, Hicks. Let's get all these trades, guys that have never played with each other before, and hopefully they can all mesh into one successful team. That's kind of the way I see it with this Yankees roster, the way that's been developed. They have a lot of money spent on a lot of these guys. I mean, Stanton and Cole both are making north of $324 million in their time with the Yankees. So uh, I, I, it's just interesting when you look at that part of it. Is it something that has to do with the homegrown talent, or is it something that has to do with the roster acquisitions? Are we just not finding the right chemistry to get this team moving. And that's the fun thing and, and kind of crazy th- good and bad thing about baseball is you really can't pick up a huge free agency class and expect to just win the championship because there's a lot more things that have to go into it. I mean, we see from the NL side, Alex, a lot of different things are moving pieces in that whole situation. And we're going to get into that a little bit later, but it's just funny to see that one team has had so much success and they've been together for so long. Yeah. They might lose some pieces, but they'll bring up some new minor league players to fill those roles and they'll still be a great competitive team. And then you see the Yankees who every year the expectation is get to the World Series and win it. But they right. always seem to fall out short. So that's kind of what I think is going on there. And I really wonder if maybe they need to start looking at some of the lower level guys as contributors later on this um, this decade. But, you know, it's it's one thing that definitely is apparent in my eye. Yeah, I think that you made good points about the way that these teams need to figure out how they spend their money uh and i will say i'm wrong because about that point with the philadelphia phillies and we'll get into that in a little bit right right um and that's it's a good uh you know kind of contrast but in regards to the yankees compared to the astros Mm -hmm. i think one of the biggest differences in my mind is yankees 
they spend, which is in my mind a huge plus because yep. teams that don't spend, you can be really smart and then never spend, and mm-hmm. you can still be good. Like mm-hmm. the Rays of a couple years ago, the Guardians this year are pretty solid despite not really spending anything, um, besides on J Ram. But um, for the Yankees, if they spent a little wiser, like I feel like the Dodgers, Travis, are a team that spends, and they don't have any of these big albatross contracts mm-hmm. they don't have these big dead weight contracts where you're like oh i mean they trade for david price which kind of was one but that's mm-hmm. pretty much just the price of getting mookie was yeah. the oh take on this contract too but they don't really sign these like crazy four-year deals five-year deals for a guy that ends up being dead weight right bellinger they drafted um and i think he made a good amount of money in arbitration because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he won an mvp but um, like they, it's it's not like they extended him for ten years after the MVP, mm-hmm. and now he stinks. Like they they're pretty cautious about which players they give their money to, um, and they're really smart about it in that way. So the Yankees have had a bit of a different story in my mind, Travis. The Yankees. Um, here's a, a a stat that will probably depress all the Yankee fans <laughs> out there. Um, they they were in on both Machado and Harper, and we'll discuss them more in the NLCS mm-hmm. section. But just in that same free agency, it was the same summer, I believe, same winter, I believe, right? Yes. Yep. They both were excited about the idea of potentially becoming Yankee. I think Harper. I've been seeing these quotes. Harper in that winter was saying, "I'll learn first base because you guys outfield already have too many guys or whatever." <laughs> so like wow. like these guys were were down to be Yankees, um, and. They ended up Travis earning this season fifty-seven million combined. Wow! For for that's Machado and Harper with their respective teams, um, San Diego and, and and Philadelphia. That does not seem like that much money, right, no, Travis? I no. think that those contracts aged very well, even though those contracts will take them into an older age where like the value might uh, be less favorable. Mm-hmm. You're still kind of paying for this prime, and they're really showing it in this postseason that those guys were really viable for their teams. Mm-hmm. So that's $57 million for those two, both of them. Donaldson, Aroldis Chapman, and Aaron Hicks this year is $56 million. <laughs> so you, you imagine if you traded the money you're giving to Donaldson, Chapman, and Hicks, all guys who Chapman did not even show up to practice. <laughs> yeah. Hicks did not even uh, – did he play? Hicks I, played, but then he – I think he dove or he collided or something happened. Right. And, he, and he was out for the postseason because of his knee. So Right. Yeah. Um, and then Donaldson um, is someone, Travis, who I was high on going into the season. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to completely blame the yeah. Yankees for pursuing him. But it was pretty clear down the stretch that he was not hitting like they probably wanted. And in this series, Travis, it was like – I think there was someone, some Yankees reporter made a tweet and he was like, Josh Donaldson got booed when they announced his name during the lineups. He got booed as he stepped into the plate and he got booed as he walked away after striking out in three pitches. It's like the Yankee fans have had enough of Josh Donaldson. He might, they might have to trade him just because it's almost like a Joey Gallo situation, even though uh, Donaldson has had really good numbers as a third baseman Mm -hmm. defensively, but um yeah it's definitely questionable the bat um yep. it's not it's not working so i just i just wanted to kind of bring that up as like and, and what's really funny is that brian cashman gm i think also president of baseball operations for the yankees came out in spring training and said we traded for josh donaldson we got rid of Gio urshela we think josh donald is a better third baseman he is in fact a better third baseman than Gio urshela and it's really funny i saw this stat line today on twitter and it was about 12 different hitting stats, and Gio Urshela had a better season 
than Josh Donaldson at all those stats. And some of them were advanced stats. Some of them were just simple stats. But it's just funny, again, you had a guy for cheaper money that was being more productive and you trade him for a big name like Josh Donaldson, which I actually think Alex Josh Donaldson's, you know, days of being very productive are behind him. Um, the deal he made with the Twins was kind of a, it was one of those deals where you you make when you're just a big name and you kind of want to finish out your your years, you know, on on somewhat of a nice contract. But I, I'll say I really liked his 2019 with the Braves. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and yep. I think that really earned him that Twins contract. But um, since then, has not had a, a power year by any means. And it's funny because I think after his his time with the Blue Jays, which was like 2018, he joined the Cleveland Indians for like half a season, and was I think just okay and then i think yeah you're right 2019 he signed like a one-year deal with the braves was really good then of course austin riley's time was coming up and then of course they did not want to um to bring him back and so then donaldson explored the market and went to the twins and then since then it's been kind of definitely um downgrading every single year and and, and you're right it'll be something that brian cashman will have to come to the drawing board and look and say is this guy worth bringing back for another year? Should I try trading him? If I trade him, who am I going to get? Who's going to take on? I'm looking right now, Alex, $21.75 million next year. And then I think also in 2024, there is a, there's an $8 million. It looks like an $8 million, but a $16 million team opt out. So that's of course, another area that teams will have to look at. And so, um, it, it, I, like I said, I, I think that Cashman, I think the Yankees front office has, a, a very tremendous a lot of work to do this season and i mean is the big question is is going to be bringing back aaron judge and what kind of money would you want to give him after the season he had and the postseason he had which is just so bitter of a taste to end his yankees career It'd be kind of funny if he doesn't come back and you look at 62 home runs and then what two for 28 in the it postseason was, it was i remember the ops of the postseason for him was below 600 if i remember correctly mm-hmm. so definitely not the way you want to go out um, I we'll, we'll talk about Judge and, and the the free agency kind of um, d- discussion. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but mm-hmm. just on the Yankees as a kind of a last note about thinking about them as a whole. I don't think this team was not good enough. Mm-hmm. I just want to put it that way. Mm-hmm. I think that they they underperformed in the most important series of their season, of course, and the Astros stepped up like they continue to do. But I think one note I want to throw out there just to give them a little bit of uh not not not, not it's just a little bit of like uh I want to help out Cashman's case I guess a mm-hmm. tiny bit. Mm-hmm. Just saying that they ran into a lot of injuries. I think that they kind of got um, you know, LeMay, was not able to play in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That's one of their more important bats. Um, he's been up and down kind of this season, but uh, he's someone who's kind of a key part of their infield. Mm-hmm. They really could not figure out their infield in the whole season. It was IKF playing shortstop the whole year. Yeah. They decided to bench him in, I think, game five against Cleveland. Yes. And then they yeah. bench him in like game three, and then they start him again in game four <laughs> against the Astros. They, they, they just didn't really have it figured out. And Rizzo was the only guy that was consistent. Yeah. Maybe if you had a, a consistent third baseman, and I don't know, maybe it would have given some stability if LeMahieu, obviously LeMahieu's not going to play short, but maybe it could have given the team a bit more flexibility in that infield if mm-hmm. you had LeMahieu there. But then also the bullpen. Um, Michael King had a great start to the year. 
out for season out for season at, at, at you know i forget what month that was but early July on august yeah early on out for the season uh chad green uh, early on was out for the season chapman just not showing up is even though he wasn't going to be one of the better relievers it's still this depth that you kind of are forced to call these other guys up and then uh they trade for scott efros and then he gets hurt right before the playoffs or right before the Maybe the last season of the series of the season, I can't remember, but mm-hmm. he he's not able to pitch in the playoffs for them. So it really is like this kind of recurring um, issue they had where, you know, every team deals with injuries, but a lot of these guys were not able to play in this series, which ended up being um, a disaster series mm-hmm. for them. So I think they could have had a bit more help. Some of these games were pretty close, you know, but at the end of the day, a 4-0 sweep is a 4-0 sweep. Mm-hmm. Um, and, hope- and I think we can agree the better team won. Of course. Yeah. I just wanted to make the point that um, it's not like, like yes, I agree to some extent they should go back to the drawing board. They're mm-hmm. going to have to because Judge had this immense value. They're going to have to figure out either keeping him or replacing that value. Yeah. But I just want to say that their 2022 roster, I don't think it was like, I don't think losing this series is some sort of indictment that like yeah. this team was like just simply not good enough. I think it was in many ways good enough to make a world series they just ran to the superior astros at a time where the astros were kind of we knew they would step up and the yankees um unfortunately for them um it's not they didn't even just not step up they just really kind of stepped away and and didn't get the job done but yeah the roof the roof was uh was open right that's the, that's the main reason <laughs> yeah that's why that that's why they lost in four games in embarrassing fashion was because of the roof yep. in game through game, game two, two of um, yeah. in minute made but travis last note garrett cole um had a pretty rough start uh he did pretty good against cleveland but i just want to say he had a quote against our angels travis he was talking about how he picked the yankees instead of us because he gets to play in october Hope you had a fun time, Garrett. I hope you enjoyed. <laughs> hope you enjoyed uh, your start against the Astros. But um, yeah, really I, funny because I mean, you look at he. I, I don't know how he did again in 2020. I know he faced the Rays and I. Oh, Rays and the and the Indians at the time um, in the in the uh, COVID season. But then of course last year got the start in the wild card game, lost it, got blown up, and then this year of course had a good uh, two starts against the Guardians. But I'm not going to say. No, his, his tremendous job against the Guardians yeah. offense. But his, his career postseason ERA is very good. Yes, I, I, I'm yeah. just I'm mostly just trolling him because yeah. <laughs> the Astros got to him. I'm sure it was probably the most important start of his season in his mind. He's like, this is the one where I have to show up. We were I think they were down 2-0, right? And they needed to win game yes. three. Is that yes. what it was? Yep, yep. There, it was game three, and I think the situation was they were. It was either like two nothing Astros, and it was bases loaded, and I think Boone pulled them like in the fifth. And I, I know people were storming all over Twitter. Um, and and just angry with the decision that you got to go to your guy who's making three hundred twenty four million dollar. He is your ace. Why would you not let him just stay in and get you out of that situation where I think Boone went to the bullpen? And I don't know if he chose the right the guy, the right guy, but I, I think they ended up scoring some runs that inning on whoever reliever came into the game. Um, but it, it, again, it, it's it, it's it's definitely one of those things where Cole is you know he didn't have a good regular season pitching wise and then of course in the postseason started out really good and then of course his one start in the american league championship series against his old team um you know he's def he definitely didn't didn't show he was worth the money that he's getting paid right now in the playoffs and that's where the, the money really lies the 36 million every year is mainly paid out can you have four to five amazing starts in october to get us to the promised land but um yeah he'll have to to regroup again and and 
hopefully 2024 or 2023, he can, uh, you know, go back to that 2019, 2020 Cole kind of pitching style. But again, it, it's funny how, you know, you, you know, I, I know he makes those jokes and, you know, he is in the playoffs, but still you gotta, you gotta at least own up and, and, uh, you know, cover yourself when you make those comments. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I still think my personal opinion is that he's actually underrated. I think he's mm-hmm. still like a top two, top three pitcher in baseball. I think he, what, what he led, he led baseball with the AL in strikeouts this year. Yeah. Which he, I did not even realize the strikeout, the strikeout percentage mm-hmm. was monstrous this year for him. Um, you know, a few too many long balls, probably some of that is probably playing at Yankee stadium. Some of that's probably playing against the AL East a ton, but you know, just the way it goes, he definitely uh, wanted more out of his last start of the season, but um, unlike Judge, he's locked into a deal. He'll be there next year for them, and we'll see how he does. But mm-hmm. Travis, we can probably shift over. Um, to actually, the exciting series, right? Actually, uh, <laughs> I'll just ask you this now. We'll just jump to this now. Okay. Because I, I, we did the game after the wild card round about mm-hmm. is this the player's last game on X team, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Yep. So we'll just jump to that really quick because the big one is Judge. Um, I don't think there's that many players on the Padres that really qualify for this game. Yep. But we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But Judge is the clear one on the Yankees that um, you have to really kind of consider. Do you think this was this player's last game with this team? What I've heard, for whatever reason, all the momentum is saying San Fran Giants. Yeah. San yeah. Fran Giants is the rumor. Hometown. He's, yep. he's a NorCal guy. Um, and Which is funny because you go from... Yankee Stadium to Oracle Park, which is the easiest to the hardest ballpark to hit home runs out of. But hey, sure. at least um, at least Roger Maris Jr. could probably say that Judge could be the NL home run champion too if he beats Giancarlo Stanton's record from 2017. Am I right? You know, you're, you're, you're now you're spitting, Travis. <laughs> I, I like I, I like your take there, but um, the Giants seem like a possibility. I really don't know how deep their pockets go. I feel like the last couple seasons they've really been targeting value instead of mm-hmm. the huge money deals. Like they went and got Chris yeah. Bryant and then they didn't extend them. You know, they just kind of traded them and left it at that. But um, the other thing I've heard, Travis, I saw a headline today the Dodgers are going to be players for Judge mm. and Mookie is open to second base. Wow. So if they let Trey Turner go, Shift Lux slash, um, who's the left fielder? Chris Taylor. Chris, Chris Taylor, Taylor and Lux. Trey Thompson, yeah. Chris, yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, uh, Chris Taylor mm-hmm. slash Lux at shortstop, perhaps. Also, I'm sure they have young guys coming up as well. Um, but I don't think uh, Vargas is more of a second base, first base. But, anyways, yeah. I think he plays if, in third base too, right? If, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. But yeah. if Betts could be a full-time second baseman, which apparently he said he's open to. That's just a rumor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you have, you know, maybe a, a Lux, a Lux uh, Taylor platoon at short, something like that. They could just go all in for Judge as their right fielder. Mm-hmm. Talk about the rich getting richer, right? Yeah. Talk about, but but I'll just, I'm just giving you those ideas to think about. But, <laughs> but, but the real question we're going to try to answer is, do you think Judge has played his last game in pinstripes? I know the comments also he made were was that, you know, he he loves the Yankees franchise. He loves just the background of the Yankees. I think he had I mean, I know you don't want to be talking about another team, but you, he made comments about, you know, I I I believe in this team. I, you know, I, I basically I'm I'm a I'm a pinstripe pinstripes in the heart. So um that's of course one area and, and you wonder if the Yankees would let him just walk away like that. So I will say 
he will be re-signing with the Yankees. I think he will be staying. I think I think Cashman really can't be that. I'm not going to say be that stupid, but just can't be ending his career like that where he could have been a possible trade value guy to go out there and trade someone for. I know people were mentioning that. I think what in the was it the Soto talks were people mentioning, but I know judge was going off and why would you trade judge for, right. you know, that kind of thing. But I feel like things didn't work out in the last off season with the negotiations. I think they'll work something out this off season. And I feel like with, with Brian Cashman, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to say his jobs on the line because he's been there for so long. It's kind of crazy. Alex, I think you sent me something about the, the Astros front office and the Yankees front office. I think Cashman's been there since before we were born. He's been there since the eighties, the eighties. Okay. Okay. And I think he actually became the GM like after the 1995 season, I think he was inside doing more analytical stuff in in the eighties and the nineties, but it's crazy that, that a GM has been with a team for that long. And I, I can, I can definitely name tons of different eras or seasons during that 25 or 30 year run that he probably could have been let go. But it's just crazy that he's been around that long. I feel like this would be the most crucial moment if he in fact loses judge. And then you're looking at an outfield with Hicks Stanton. And I think it, what, what Cabrera Oswald Cabrera out there. So I, I really don't know how he would go about that, but I think judge will resign with them. It'll be interesting though, if he goes for the high AAV, maybe a little bit of a shorter term, or if he's going to go out for the 10 year deal, give him money till age 40, age 42. I, I don't know, but um, I, I, part of me just thinks I think he will stay a Yankee, but the giants and the Dodgers. I mean, Holy cow. Talk about Mookie Betts going to second base and then you slide him into right. Or, I mean, again, or does Mookie stay in right and judge go to center? Cause doesn't, isn't judge becoming the center he, fielder he, now. He has that in his bag apparently mm-hmm. now. Yes. Um, it's definitely going to be, you know, if 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 they end, the Dodgers end up landing Judge, it'll just be like, you know, figure out the positions later. You <laughs> yeah, ha- you have yeah. this talent that's just off the charts. But um, I'm going to go ahead and say I'm I'm going to talk about how. So you mentioned the whole Cashman thing. Mm-hmm. I agree that they need to do some hard digging, and you know, he 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 will have some pressure from ownership and obviously the fan base is upset. There'll, there'll be pressure on him to really put together a revamped team next year. And I just don't know. I'm from him from his perspective, maybe ownership is willing to write a huge, huge check just mm-hmm. because they're a little bit angry about coming up short this season. And they say, you know, we need judge for next season and to continue this kind of era we're on. So maybe that's the mindset, but I think it's also possible for Cashman to say, Hey, we already owe Cole this much. Mm-hmm. We already owe Stanton this much. We already um committed to LeMayhew, Donaldson. I mean, there's we, a lot of guys and, you're still and, committed to. And we made it this far with Judge on his, you know, cheaper deal. Now whatever whatever it's gonna be now, it's gonna be way more than what it was this last season. Mm-hmm. Um, so he might be wondering, is it wise for us to kind of dump all our money on Judge to kind of keep things the way they are? Um, if judge regresses next season, I mean, he will regress next season. Mm-hmm. He's not going to have, I mean, it, I don't want to say never, never say never, but a 10, a 10.5 war next season, I think is a, probably unlikely, yeah. um, for him. Uh, it's pretty hard to sustain that level, but especially like at the age he's at, you yes. know, mm-hmm. early thirties. But, um, I'm going to go ahead and say, I think he goes somewhere else. I I'll take the field, mm-hmm. you know, I, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to pick a team, um, outright mm-hmm. but i think the dodgers and giants both will be bidding the mets i think also will be bidding they also probably don't like how their season ended mm-hmm. they would like an outfield bat 
I can see that going well. And then I think there will be also wild card teams in the picture, some dark horse teams. Like the Twins is someone that no one saw in the Korea sweepstakes until the very end. So you know, now maybe Korea's out, yeah. So maybe some other uh, kind of sneaky team that says, you know, maybe our window is right now. Maybe they'll jump in. You know, I'm trying to think of a team that would make sense. Maybe the White Sox want another big bat for their outfield. True. Um, just any team that feels like they came up short this year and wants to contend, maybe they go make that push. Um, you know, I mean, there's, there's too many teams that have a, an outfield opening, you know, that um, would definitely want him on their team. And mm-hmm. it just comes down to the check. What kind of contract uh, does he want? Like you said, you could go for the high annual salary with the shorter term or you could go for the monster deal and he could probably earn more than some of the other big guys that have signed deals like yep. he should probably make more than like lindor i would think yeah. i mean I, that's 340 yeah 340 341 or something like yeah. that but for, for 10 or 10 years 10 i think years, yeah. something like that but it, it with judge yeah that's like that's like if he did sign the the 10 year deal or mm-hmm. something like mm-hmm. that but you know we'll see what he kind of is opting for and uh, it should be a really, really massive contract unless he somehow goes like a career route and just goes like a super short with opt-outs. But he shouldn't do that. He just had his career season. Yeah. He did the ultimate bet on yourself move and he bet on himself and he won big. So he's going to make a huge payday this offseason. I'm just going to go ahead and I'll take the field okay. over the Yankees just because Yankees, obviously they could try to keep him, but I feel like they might try to address a handful of things. Um, yep. Volpe coming up. A Peraza coming up. They have some exciting names on the horizon, perhaps, mm-hmm. but I think that there needs to be maybe. I think they want to address a few more positions than just one outfield spot. But you know what? I'm sure they're going to try to keep him because um, how could you not after that season? Yeah, exactly. Had? And I know one owner in the same city that likes to spend a lot of money. Exactly. And they wear pinstripes in Queens, though. <laughs> yeah, different, different, different borough, but definitely the same want to win yeah. over uh, for the Mets. But and having Tar- a guy like Judge and Alonzo and Lindor and you know all those guys, they'll have to of course have to address the whole pitching um, situation with. Uh, yeah, they, they they could solve the Degrom departure by just saying we're going to hit home runs. We're, we're just going to get Judge <laughs> exactly. But, but uh, let's keep it rolling, Travis. We will go now to the National League Championship Series that we just witnessed this weekend. I honestly, Travis. We have to just start with one guy, of course. Yep. Bryce Harper was, I mean, he had his moment, right? Yep. NLCS MVP. He, he just had his moment. Um, Jeff Passan had a tweet, and it really, I think, summed it up uh, in a great way because uh, I don't want to compare him to like athletes from other sports, like LeBron or whatever. But yep. but for whatever reason, Judge or uh, sorry, Harper had these crazy high expectations, right? When he was when he was coming out of high school. He, he was the chosen was, one. Was on magazines, yeah, right? He was, a, yeah. he was, he was the, LeBron James of MLB. He was on the cover of magazines, and it felt like it would be really hard for him to live up to the expectations, the pressure, the hype. And I think there's tons of people, Travis, who would say before this season, before these playoffs, really, that he didn't live up to the hype. He is oh, people people said Bryce Harper's overrated. You know, mm-hmm. he had a couple good seasons with the Nationals, with the Phillies. He's been a disappointment. He had a good MVP run, but never made the playoffs with the Phillies. He pretty much just put all that talk to bed this last week, Travis, and I couldn't be happier for him. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the tweet that Passon said that I mentioned, I believe he said something to the effect of, oh, I have it right here. Passon tweeted, Bryce Harper is everything he was supposed to be. And that's just a good way of kind of putting, you know, he had these expectations and they're 
you can't say anything about it anymore. Yep. He has proved it. He has two MVPs, and now he has the postseason success. Even if you don't win that ring, I still think the series he's had, the playoffs he's had so far, Travis, yes. is beyond anything you could uh, even ask for, from uh, from your star player. This other crazy stat, Travis, that I have here, um, that puts in a context of how special his hitting has been so far this postseason. These are the highest OPS postseasons, single single postseasons, mm-hmm. with minimum of 10 games played. Number one is 02 Barry Bonds at a 1.559 OPS. Number two is 2004 Carlos Beltran, 1.5 OPS. Number three is Willie Stargell in 79. And then number four is this year's Bryce Harper. Mm-hmm. So Bryce Harper has had the fourth highest OPS of any playoff run ever, um, minimum 10 games. So we're talking about that special of a, of a run that he's on these last couple series. Um, he really does it all at the plate. I mean, the power has been um, unreal, but he also just both gaps, uh, just cr- crushing doubles into yeah. the gap off the wall. He is just on, on another level hitting right now. Um, and I couldn't be happier for him. Um, but I'll go ahead and throw it to you. And uh, you can tell me about some of your biggest takeaways from either Harper or, you know, the Phillies uh, rising to the occasion in this series. Yeah. And, and, you know, again, yeah, good for Harper, like you mentioned. Um, it's kind of funny because he he started out in this, you know, in in the limelight of his career. You know, it was him and Mike Trout for the longest time. Who's the best? Who's the best? You know, future future star rising in baseball. Who's the best hitter? Who's the best star in baseball between him and Mike Trout? Mike Trout, of course, easily took that away from him. But we saw him kind of fade away. I feel like after some of those you know, 2015, 2016 Nationals playoff teams, wasn't a big producer in the playoffs. And then, of course, in 2018, I believe that was, yeah, 2018 was his last season with the Nationals. They didn't make the playoffs, I don't believe. He goes to Philly. Everybody's just kind of thinking, man, okay, you're kind of just escaping, you know, Washington to go to Philly for the big money. Um, meanwhile, the next year, the Nationals win it all. And everybody is kind of looking at Harper as, man, this team could not do it for so long. You leave. Now they finally win a World Series championship. You must have been the problem. You must have been the cancer in the organization. Um, and then, of course, the Phillies just aren't doing things. Can't make the playoffs when eight teams can make the playoffs in each league in 2020. Harper, of course, um, had a good season in 2020, but couldn't. I think the Phillies were the nine seed. I think they just missed out. And then last year in 2021, I think they finished in like the top seven or so in the National League. So, of course, they just missed last year's playoffs as well. And then this year, they're fighting for the uh, for the sixth seed with the Brewers. But again, once you get in, that's all you really need and that's all you really can take into the series that you play in. And it's just funny. I think every single series, he has just had such a huge impact. I think it was game two of the wild card against the Cardinals. He hit the game winning or the game leading home run against, um, against I forget which lefty or which pitcher it was for the, against the Cardinals. But anyways, he hit the home run that put him on top and eventually they won the series. And then of course, against the, uh, against the Braves, he had a big series in that one as well. And then I, I feel like he hit a home run or at least hit an X-brace hit Alex in every single game in this National League Championship Series. So kudos to him. Um, what a series he performed at the plate. Um, and then, of course, looking at the whole entire Phillies offensive side, I mean, everyone was producing on this lineup, on this offense. Schwarber, longest home run I've ever seen at Petco Park in game one. Um, Reese Hoskins at home. Reese, Co- Reese Hoskins at home is another animal. I'd like to look up his OPS numbers this postseason at home. It feel like it feels like he has a huge 
monumental home run in the biggest games at home that really just ignites that crowd into dangerous levels of noise. Um, So he's had some big moments, um, even, of course, Real Muto. uh, And, of course, even the younger guys, Stott and Marsh, having some big moments. Also to the pitching staff, Ranger Suarez was dominant. Nola looked good in game two. I know he got kind of a blown away with some some bad defense. And then, of course, you look at Wheeler this series. Wheeler has been unmatched, I feel like. Um, and, and, you know, I will say, good job from the Padres starting pitching as well. Darvish, both games pitched really well. I know if you can only give up two runs to that good of an offense, you did yourself a really good job. And then I think game two, Snell. Snell actually was down 4 nothing. Had some very crucial misplays by his defense i think soto and profar misjudged balls soto lost it in the sun and profar it, it, i think the ball bounced like almost three feet away from him but he didn't dive and everyone was just kind of stunned so snell had some very uh very weak contact hits that were given up against him that gave up a bunch of runs but they fought themselves back and then of course musgrove uh musgrove pitching you know pretty decent and uh and, and finishing off i think that game three but uh one of the biggest outcomes and one of the biggest takeaways is looking at that game four you know Padres go up what four nothing in the first inning alex and they quickly in a matter of minutes lose the lead i think the phillies might have scored three or four runs in that first inning as well i think three yeah it was uh, it was it was it was a hoskins home run and then it was i don't know what Rimuto did but actually i think Rimuto got on with a single or something like that and then and then harper doubled and got him in and it was three four and it's just crazy how clevenger did not get through the first inning when that was a game they had to have had um in the bag and i just feel like after that game and they they had so many leads in that game the padres the phillies just kept clawing themselves back I felt like it was destined the Phillies were the better team in this series and, of course, took care of business. And Harper had his um, Kodiak moment in Game 5 that was just – I didn't see it live, but, I mean, looking at the replays, 8th inning. You missed out. <laughs> I missed out, definitely. And, you know, five, or Game 5, 8th inning, um, I mean, in the rain. It's a bad day in Philadelphia, but the fans were just going home happier than ever it's 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 at least good to see philadelphia baseball back in this kind of winning um winning environment i, I go back to those 2000 you know seven through 10 teams you know i know they made the world series in 08 and 09 and won it in 08 but uh it, it's it's just funny how you know you go through this dynasty the phillies have with the ryan howards the jimmy rollins the chase Utley's, and then they just fall down for 10 years finally they've kind of picked themselves back up and you know, it, it's it's really funny that we're going to see, of course, the number one seed in the American League go against the number six seed in the National League. So it's 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 truly, truly the David versus Goliath. And David has won three straight series in a row. So we'll see how the World Series goes goes down. And it, it, it will be I think it'll be a very, very fun World Series that we'll be talking about, of course, in our previews. But again, Alex, Astros just seem to have to play the National League East and you really wonder what's going to happen in this outcome. Would they go 0 for 3 against the NL East? But we'll get into that. But um, I guess my takeaway is, is that, you know, Philadelphia, especially Philadelphia playing at home, that is a hard place to play. I mean, I know the Braves and the Padres will definitely tell you that. Yeah, uh, I like what you said about the David versus, David versus Goliath thing. It's kind of really fun to compare this Astros team to this Phillies team because they're so different in so many ways. Um, one thing that came up was I saw these tweets. I saw so many funny tweets comparing them, but 
uh, one of the good ones said that like Astros are like uh, a samurai with a katana. That's like, you know, they know exactly like what to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Phillies are a junk guy with a machete. But like <laughs> you have to fear that thing, you know, it's like yep. you have to fear that guy. So but it's kind of a funny, you know, the, the Phillies have all this energy right now. And it just feels like that they um, are a threat to anyone they run into. So. It's going to be a really fun series to cover. We'll cover that in our next section here. But before we get to that, um, just, yeah, like you said, it's great for the Phillies fans. It's great for the city. Um, you know, they have tons to cheer for um, in the past with the, the Phillies of, you know, like you said, the previous uh, couple decades. But then even looking at other sports, you know, the Eagles are really good and they've had some good years mm-hmm. uh, in the playoffs. 76ers make the playoffs kind of year in, year out recently. But uh, the, the Phillies were due for this, it felt like. And, uh, paying Harper what they paid him finally paid off. Um, what, and- what's actually funny is this Sunday is an off day. Um, correct. Yeah. Friday and Saturday is game one and two and Sunday's a travel day. But Sunday, this coming Sunday, the Eagles will play the Texans. So Houston, Philly in football. Uh, it's it, Again, just kind of crazy how those things match up. It doesn't make sense, right? <laughs> Houston, Houston and uh, and. Uh, Philadelphia playing in two sports, yep. the World Series and in football the same week. But um, I think that the Harper contract paying off in the way that it has, as well as the other contracts, Travis. Um, I'll tell you one thing: three hundred million dollars is worth it if you get a ring. You know. Oh, absolutely. There's no question. Yeah. And then you know Harper. Uh, in my mind, he already was a Hall of Famer, but I think mm-hmm. he's really cementing himself in the minds of the media um, with with these kind of performances he's putting on right now. Um, he's only elevate. He's only going up from here. He's only yes. elevating his case for the Hall of Fame and for being an all-time kind of guy. Um, his stock is just rising uh, so much from all these moments he's kind of putting forth these last couple series. But um, I want to briefly touch on this, Travis. The Phillies have spent in some unique ways. I think it's for the most part been pretty smart. But this will tie into the Padres as well because both teams, both Dombrowski, the general manager and president of baseball operations for the Phillies, and then A.J. Preller for the Padres, who's like their, um, you know, their their general manager. Both guys known for being aggressive with acquiring uh, top-dollar blue-chip free agents or trade pieces, right? Both are okay with emptying the farm. We'll trade away prize pieces for win-now pieces. We'll trade away, um, you know, whoever's in our farm for the big guy on the market, We'll also are very okay with dishing out the biggest contracts to sign the biggest guys to our team. I think it paid off in a way for both of them that no one really expected because mm-hmm. I'll say this. I think that there's some fans who love the idea of a general manager that's down to spend. Of course, being down to spend is important. Like You want to be able to attract the top dollar guys. The um, you know It's important to be able to have the, you know, the credibility is a franchise to attract a guy like Harper, or if you're the Padres to attract a guy like Machado um, when they were free agents uh, a few years back. But um, I think the thing that stands out for me, Travis, you know, if you're the Phillies, Schwarber and Castellanos were huge uh, pickups, obviously this last season, Um, a couple seasons ago, they got Wheeler knowing what he could become. And he did become that ace they needed him to be. Um, a lot of these kind of signings, um, of course, they also traded for depth and like getting um, bullpen support, yep. also getting a, uh, getting a Marsh and Syndergaard. Um, 
kind of just kind of retool, not even retooling, just like kind of gearing up, yeah. um, having all their bases, yeah. have all their bases covered as they enter the playoffs, um, as they make a playoff push was that was the first part of it, and then of course once they made the playoffs, they kind of had the pieces they feel like they needed, but. Um, I think there's just tons of good things to take away from what Dombrowski was able to do to get the Phillies this far. And then even to get for AJ Peller to get the Padres, even to get to the National League Championship Series is a huge success considering how stacked the top teams of the NL were this year. Um, so I just wanted to kind of say like, there are definitely some fans who are a bit skeptical of this whole process of trading away mm-hmm. your top prospects um for like these kind of rental kind of guys like of course the Padres famously gave up prospects for Darvish for Snell for Musgrove in the same offseason um and then they just pretty much emptied the top of their farm for Soto Soto came up big in a lot of moments um both in the Dodgers series and even in the losing effort against the Phillies so it really showed off how worth it it was and then even like to get Bell on that deal he had some big home runs against the Mets so yeah yeah. um, and and Clevenger you know in the past couple years too yeah so it just shows that you know um a lot of things can go wrong, Travis, if you just empty the farm mm-hmm. and you overpay the wrong guys. But um, I think that is sometimes necessary for a team to go on a special run, right? To go on a special postseason run, you need to have that level of uh, take some risks, I guess is the way I'll put it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Phillies and Padres are both teams that took some risks on some pieces that were really crucial to their postseason run. You know, Schwarber was just a threat every time he was at the plate. Um, obviously none of this, we're not even here talking about the Phillies if they never got Harper a few years back. Um, but then Wheeler too, I mean, the list goes on of guys that they, you know, targeted and were successful getting also the real mutual contract. Um, you know, it's a lot of money to give a catcher. They gave a catcher over a hundred million, I believe. And, yeah. you know, to be able to have that payoff, he's had a great postseason as well. Um, I just kind of wanted to say, um, shout out to those general managers who, um, I think, some 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 baseball communities, maybe sometimes as the analytics community, might give them some flack for being like, hey, you guys kind of trade away prospects a little too much. You guys probably overspend a little more than you should. Um, like, is Travis, is Schwarber, I forget what his contract is. Isn't it like four years, 80 million? Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. really know if he's worth that much, DH, right? Yep. I don't think he's worth that much, but if you have the money... And if you make the playoffs, he's a bat they're going to be scared of. So yes, it all yeah. becomes worth it if you have the big pockets to, to make those kind of deals. So um, that, I just want to kind of give a shout out to them for, you know, um, I, it's 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 uh, it's inspirational for me because, you know, Travis, as a you know angel supporter, we all we really want is, um, you know, the aggressiveness, the <laughs> showing showing the fans that you're trying to win. And then when it finally does pay off. Um, I'm sure the Phillies fans couldn't be more grateful to the team that they put together, even though they're just kind of were a lowly wild card team a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It just kind of goes to show that you needed to have all these pieces to win these last two series that they won, even the last three series, if you count the wild card series. So hats off to them. Um, we can keep it rolling now, Travis. Uh, and, and hats off to Dombrowski. I mean, I think what is what is his fourth team he's taken to the World Series in right. this century. So I mean, all, all with a similar approach and philosophy. Yeah, yeah, first team was the Miami Marlins back in '03, which I mean, a team that didn't probably have the best spending in, in the best market, but got the players that were needed to win that World Series. And then 2006 with the Detroit Tigers, I think it was 
two years before that they had lost like 110 games or something like that he had he, they had a historically bad season and was easily able to turn it around and get them to the world series and then of course i think it was either the 13 or it might have been the 18 red i think it was the 18 red Sox. yeah that of course was a historic historically good team um that year and then of course this year at the philadelphia phillies i think it was honestly alex I, if I have to look back, I might have looked back at episode number one that we ever recorded with Two Tools podcast, and I I gave props to Dave Dombrowski, and I thought that in 2021, the Phillies could be kind of a sleeper team because Dave Dombrowski is such a great general manager and seems to get the job done wherever he goes. It's just funny that you know about two years later he is going to the World Series with the Philadelphia Phillies in this team that honestly. The, I knew the lineup would be good, and I knew Wheeler, and I knew Nola and Suarez would be effective and good to get them, you know, to basically have a successful season. I thought the defense was just going to be awful, and that was going to be their Achilles heel and just hurt them so much from winning a lot of ball games. So that's one area that I'm very surprised. The defense has not been pretty, but it's actually showed up in, in the ways of making the routine plays or making some surprisingly great plays. I mean, we looked at in, in the Braves series, Castellanos having a game-saving catch in right field when I had never seen that guy make a play like that in in years probably but it's just right. funny that at that moment he came out at the biggest for the defense right there and 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 we've seen so many other plays as well and I know Rio Muto was always solid behind the plate but Marsh of course just making those great plays in center field and that's why you got him to make the uh, the reassuring play in center and making sure that you know you can get out of ball games with uh with with, with stellar center field defense so um Kudos to that. And then kudos, like you said, to AJ Preller. I mean, talk about the last two years, Alex, the most aggressive GM in the business, what he's done by basically collecting a crap load of prospects and then divvying them, divvying them up and sending them in a way to other franchises and other organizations to collect much valuable pieces that say, I want to win now, even though I've already got a really young team, I want to win now and show San Diego that we are committed um, it, it's it's what's crazy is that if they would have got swept or lost to the Mets in the wild card series, we probably would be looking at it as, oh, Soto trade's already a bad trade. You know, right. uh, AJ Preller is literally just giving away all of his top prospects for players that can't win. So um, it, it's really interesting when you kind of can have that successful week and a half and get yourself to the league championship series. The total mindset changes on, you know, on your judgment on how you've done as a GM. So that that's what's kind of honestly the the part of the business, you know, you're just going to be judged on if you can win the ball game or not. It, you know, the overall job though has been stellar by Preller getting all those deals done um, and, and still keeping, I think the budget on a relatively medium level. It's not like he's just going through the roof with some of these deals, but um, that'll of course be coming in the future seasons to come with the negotiations. But it, again, another season without a superstar and the team does very well last year was the Braves without Acuna and this season it is the Potters without Tatis what's really funny is that this team made it this far probably should have made it to game six possibly even game seven if they didn't blow some of those games or had more of a reliable end of their starting rotation and then you're looking at this we made it this far without probably the top five best you know MLB baseball player right now in the game in Fernando Tatis Jr. when he's healthy. That's what's great, really crazy. And and, and props to, I think, honestly, one guy that I, I really wanted to mention was Haas Young ha, Kim. Haas Young Kim. Yeah, exactly. What a what a job by stepping in and filling that role. I, I, I feel like he just had so many impactful hits this postseason that were really underrated. That I mean, this guy's really the replacement for 
Fernando Tatis Jr. And and Tatis Jr. right now will probably have three to four home runs in this postseason if you know he's fully healthy and and locked in. So I mean, I, I feel like he had so many good hits in that Dodgers series. And then of course this series, I think game two he had some good crucial hits as well. So um I, I one thing about the Padres that's fun is that they are they're going nowhere. So this is kind of I think just a taste of what we're gonna get with San Diego in the next couple of years. Um it'll be fun to see how those lineups roll out in the uh in the next season or so and and, and what preller can do this offseason to make this team even more aggressive in the seasons to come so uh again anything you want to add on with that series yeah i just uh i'm also excited for their future i think that there's a ton of possibilities with how they can go forward hopefully tatis is able to kind of get straight and not have the distractions that he's had in the past but at um, least the uh, suspension games went down, which I learned about a one week ago. I think when you told me, yeah, the suspension, uh, I think it's like mid April now, all, all the postseason games actually did uh, come into effect. Travis, I imagine he got suspended. What if he got popped for steroids like a month sooner? What if he came back like mid series, like yeah, game yeah, six, like yeah. Tatis is starting. It's like that, that'd be so funny. But I, it, and you know, you really, as like the, I, I mean, as like kind of like the average fan, you'd probably think put him in. I don't care. But, maybe as more of a a you know player that's you know closer to the team and closer to the players i mean you're, you're going to be benching someone to help get you yeah, through those it, last and, series and, and that's what's crazy would you would you start tatis over kim even though kim has really earned the role this postseason or would you just say screw it maybe would you try to slide tatis into different situations to try to hopefully get his confidence up i mean that's the one question you'd be looking at would, you, would it be fair and a good idea to just slide in this superstar that we all want to see. I mean, of course, if it was the Angels and it was Mike Trout, I would say I don't give a I don't give yeah, a crap. He's playing. He's yeah. playing exactly. Like we're gonna ride or die with this guy. He's our franchise. But it's an interesting look on on how would you go about that. But yeah, that, that's that's funny if he was able to go into uh, into it. Or of course, what if it was like he could play in Game One of the World Series? You know, right? That, that'd be kind of crazy. Um, I think one of the announcers was saying, either an either an announcer or someone online was saying that. It's really funny that if Tatis did not get popped for steroids, when he came back from injury, it like if someone had to go to the bench, it possibly would have been Grisham and you could play Tatis in the outfield because yeah. Grisham had such a bad offensive season and it kind of got worse and worse. Um, I think the last month of the season, he was hitting like 100 or something. And it was Until just, the Mets wildcard series. <laughs> and so imagine if you took that away, right? Because yeah. Grisham, Grisham won you the series. was probably. absolutely popping off, yeah. hitting home runs off the Grom, off everybody. Um, you know, feared no one and, and also is a great defender on top of it all. So it'd be really crazy if, um, you know, he didn't get those moments because Tatis came back. So there's so much randomness in baseball that, of course. that, that just makes it like when you put it a small sample size, anything can happen. The most unpredictable. And we always go back to last year with Jock Peterson, division series hero, Eddie Rosario, championship series hero, Jorge Soler, world series hero. I mean, I mean you can't explain that when those three guys are subbing in for a hurt Acuna, which we all would love to have Robert or Ronald Acuna Jr. Um, in right field for the uh, for the Braves last season, but it, it's again, it, it, it's, didn't even need him. Yeah, it's crazy how you literally can have the backup players, and it's just about the momentum and is it their moment? I mean, I, I think we go back to you know over the past ten or so years, you can look back at World Series MVPs, and these guys probably in May or June were batting two hundred. We're probably just down in the dumps, had no confidence at the plate or. We're probably being passed around to other teams come October, come three weeks in October. And they're, you know, it's funny how guys tend to 
Zero to hero. Exactly. Zero to hero. And this is how basically some guys get overpaid at times because they had a great three weeks. And then people look at that in the offseason as we need that guy on our roster because he will give us that for 162 games next season, which never happens. Dies off in the first 10 games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then last couple of notes in the series before we go on to the World Series preview, Travis. A couple of things by the Padres I really questioned um, decision making. And I am a fan of Bob Melvin. I think getting that team without Tatis that far is a huge accomplishment. I think he managed uh, the pitching uh, pretty well most of the time, and the lineups always seem pretty good. I like how he pinch it for like guys. That, he always had like either Josh Bell or um, like Brandon Drury or someone. Yes. Yeah. He had one First of them, base, yeah. but he had like one of them on the bench almost every game. Um, either one of those two or like Will Myers, and some one of those one of those three would like always come in for a pinch hit at the right time mm-hmm. against a reliever. Always kind of really smart managing um, from my perspective. But a couple things really caught me off guard. Um, he left in the right-handed pitcher against Harper when technically Hader was available, and you're we're currently winning the game, and it wasn't mm. it wasn't the ninth inning yet. But I think you might prefer that lefty lefty matchup, and and of course you can look back at Hader's past. Gave up a lefty-lefty home run to lose the series against Freddie Freeman and the Braves in 2021. So there is a history of, you know, lefties can still hit hater <laughs> yep. in the biggest moment. But at the end of the day, um, it's about getting Bryce Harper out in that situation. Um, and you stuck with the righty, which, you know, I don't have the numbers on that exact matchup. But I think hater would have made a lot of sense. Um, I am all for using your best relievers in the best spots, not just in the ninth, you know? And I know Hader, Hader had a rough couple months there um, this season, so maybe uh, he said something about really wanting to lock into the ninth, and, you know, that could be a possible thing. I just think that I really... I would really regret the fact that they never even used Hader in the last two games because they weren't, yeah. they weren't winning in the ninth inning, you know? And so because of that... Um, pretty much one of your most viable assets out of the bullpen never was able to help you hold the lead that you had in in some of these games right some of these games they were leading and, and they blew it because of the bullpen and and you know i've got like hater would have helped even though in your head you're saying i gotta save this guy for the ninth in reality you need this guy to help you even get to the ninth and and yeah. they didn't get the ninth with the lead in, in those games in, in in philadelphia so i just wanted to bring that up and then the last note i have to mention it as a as an anti-bunter, Travis, I, I I don't like buns in the most part. Yep. Um, oh, was it the ninth inning you're going to talk about? I, I yeah, didn't see it, but of course I heard everything about it. Tr- yeah. Trent Grisham, I think it was first and second um, with one out. And he's someone who's pretty fast and I think would beat out a double play in a lot of situations. Um, so I would, I, would, I would have him swinging there, but he did a bunt to push the guys over. Mm-hmm. And it's so the most curious thing about it is that he's the eight hitter, right? Yeah. So I'm all about only bunting. Don't bunt because of just purely sacrifice reasons. What matters almost more than anything is who's up next, in my mind at least. If you're sacrificing, oh, I want man on second and third with two outs. That's better than first and second with one out. First of all, I don't know if I agree with that because Mm – we're talking about the ninth inning of your elimination game. You don't want to give them a free out no matter what, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe Grisham gets a base hit, and now there's one out and, and a chance to win the game instead of just tie it. But mm-hmm. anyways, the sacrifice goes through. Grisham gets out, but you have second and third, two outs. And it's for um it's for Austin Nola, who has had some decent hits in this playoffs, a couple clutch hits against the Mets, I remember. Um, but 
I just don't know about putting your sacrifice in that situation just for your nine hitter to come up. Yeah. It'd be one thing if Christian was batting last and maybe you're going to turn it over to Soto or something like that. That'd be different, right? But um, I think just the nature of not letting Grisham, Grisham swing away, especially it's not like it was like a really bad matchup for him either. Um, I, 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 I find it pretty... Pretty questionable. And I'm not sure if that is on the manager or if Christian took that on his own. Um, I have no idea, but I do think it was definitely trying to be a big mistake. And I hope Grisham didn't take it on his own because I mean that's that's I think that's kind of sad to say I'm gonna be the second out in in the top of the ninth on a you know elimination we, game. Yeah, know? what does it what does it say about your faith in the offense put forward by Grisham yeah. if, if either the coach or himself decided instead of swinging the bat, I mean a base hit scores the guy in second and the yep. game will be tied. Yep. Um Obviously, double play is the worst case scenario, but I mean, Grisham has double potential. Like, of course, he does. Mm-hmm. Like, he could gap mm-hmm. one, he could go down the line, um, and everyone's off for the races. But instead, the sacrifice, I think, it just doesn't it does doesn't work out. And everyone online, Charles, was just like a bunt, huh? Like that, 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 that's what that's what you guys drew yeah. up. But it was pretty crazy. But um, I'm sure Melvin will have to answer that question probably. You know, to, you know, probably today or this week, sometime when they have their uh you know end of season interviews and all that kind of stuff but you're right i i especially when it's austin nola coming up with two outs i mean i know he had a couple clutch hits one against his brother earlier in the series but yeah you know bunting to make it two outs now if it's no outs and you want to move him over i kind of get it but then again i don't get it with the nine hitter coming up because yeah it's just it's just a free out from yeah. grisham who has had some decent moments this postseason. yeah and it's it, like you said it's not soto coming up it's not machado coming up it's not one of their big big heavy hitters it's not drury coming up who completely has destroyed lefties this year so i i don't get that part of it i i think i would have definitely have gotten it or liked it a little bit more if it was zero outs or if there was a better hitter coming after him but um, yeah, to make it two outs and to advance the runners, you're 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 almost just praying can somehow can you know Austin Nola have the the clutchest hit of San Diego Padres postseason you know recent history. So uh, it, it is a very um, uneasy decision, and I, I again I I think with the way that Grisham has been swinging the bat this postseason, I think that he's been one of your best power hitters. Go up there and try to let him gap it get a base hit and you're right i don't think he is most likely going to hit into a double play especially with the defense the phillies have and on a wet rainy day i mean that's going to be asking for a lot for that infield defense to get the ball out make the transfer throw it onto first base get the last out but it, it is a very questionable thing i i am still of course uncertain situation a believer in kind of sacrificing those runners over there were a lot of situations alex in that astros mariners game in that 18 18 inning brawl that we saw I, I i wish there were times that the mariners possibly sacrificed some guys over because i think they were just so focused on hitting the ball at the ballpark when they had runners on first and second or something like that so i would get in that situation but in this one i mean you, you're you're playing behind you need the big hit to get you guys ahead and then to, more on the um on the move with with hater it's kind of like the whole zach Britton situation in the what 2016 or 15 wild card exactly game where you leave your best pitcher best reliever uh, had a historic season exactly on the bench and even though hater right now we've seen him he's been the hottest we've seen in a very long time especially this year we have not seen this kind of hater in in a while at least tw- you know since the beginning of this season but um suarez was the pitcher who gave up the home run it's kind of funny looking at his game logs and his stats he did come in in game two and gave up a home run to i think it might have been 
it might have been Castellanos or Alec Bohm, I believe, in that situation. So he had already given up a home run and a couple hits in game two. And then, of course, comes in game six. I'm sorry, game five to, you know, secure the eighth inning and get it to the ninth. And then Harper, of course, has his moment to to capture the National League pennant. And but it is funny that you use him and not um, and not Hater in that situation in a lefty lefty matchup. And you might might as well just say, you know, Hater. You're my ninth inning guy, but I don't care about the saves and the closing. I just need you for the matchup right now. You need to go out there and get this guy right here. I can worry about maybe having someone else close the game. Or if you can't do this, the 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 what the four or five out save, then of course we can find some else. Maybe Suarez comes in in uh, in the ninth inning with an out or two outs and gets the job done. You know, I think with 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 playoff baseball, you need to be a little bit more maybe matchup friendly in some of these situations. Um, I, I think with. With, with the way that you know, maybe Harper has approached these lefty pitchers. I, I, one thing I will say too, Harper has been swinging a hot bat no matter who's pitching. So and no matter who's pitching, that's one hundred percent yeah. agree. Um, but it comes down to best guy for the hardest job mm-hmm, and haters, mm-hmm. the best guy. And that was the hardest job. And do, you, do you know where the, the base runner was at? Was he on second or first or Rio was on first base? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So he basically needed a, I mean, a gapper would have scored Rio Mito because he's got some of the best speed um, in the game and he's a catcher, which is, funny crazy yeah. again yeah um and then last note before we go on the world series here um i saw that really funny like interaction and people were saying about, about that bunt and and someone was asked do you guys think it was grisham or do you think it was melvin and then someone said like i think if grisham went up to melvin the coach and said hey i'm thinking about button here coach melvin probably would have turned to him and said i'm thinking about putting in luis campesano to hit for you because i don't i don't, <laughs> I don't trust you if you don't trust yourself but um but anyways and that's a good thing to point to if you don't trust yourself why would i want you in that situation yeah right and so travis without any further ado let us discuss this upcoming world series matchup we have in front of us it is a red hot philadelphia phillies team against the well-oiled machine of the houston astros that seems to impress every postseason you already drew the comparisons Mm -hmm. i'll go over it again quickly between the last couple times the astros made the world series it was against these frisky wild card teams with momentum and travis not to pat myself on the back but Mm -hmm. i'm gonna pat myself on the back (laughs) when we talked about the playoff preview i said that this phillies team had some 2019 nationals potential Mm -hmm. with two really stud starting pitchers enough pitching depth to get you through the series and then bats that have the potential when they're swinging it right you know i mean comparing like soto rendon um trey turner back in that in that 2019 era comparing those kind of guys to who the phillies have now i think it makes sense you know harper is on that level that soto was um, you know, a guy like Taking Ho- oppo shots, yeah. A guy like Hoskins is on that level. Or how Rendon was swinging the bat back then, you know, these guys on the Phillies are swinging the bat so well. Um, I think the offense, when they're all clicking like how they are now, it's one of the scariest you'll see. You know, the mm-hmm. the first, the first five hitters are all just like Schwarber, Hoskins, Harper, Real Muto, Castellanos. There's no breaks, right? All yep. five of those guys um, are someone you have to kind of respect. Uh, maybe Castellanos a little bit less than the first four in terms of who's hot right now, but still five guys you have to respect at the plate and can't you know make mistakes to they'll, they'll punish you. So um, it's um, it's a series I'm super looking forward to. Um, it's one of the more exciting matchups that were possible, I think, Travis, um, as we as we look at how these teams have performed so far. Um, and like like we kind of discussed earlier, um, 
the only teams that have really been able to stick it to the Astros, um, besides the juggernaut 2018 Red Sox, have been like these really frisky mo- momentum yeah. teams, and um, you teams know, that, teams that have less than 90 wins. <laughs> it was right. It was the the 2020 Rays felt kind of frisky because they had no superstar. They just had Randy Rosarena and good pitching, you know, and that yeah. that was the team. It felt, but um, yeah. And, and besides that, it's the 2021 Braves who beat them in six games in the world series and that was of course a team that got hot at the right time you know dansby and um dansby's hitting home runs yeah of course freeman was going deep of course um i'm blanking on his name solaire of course the mvp Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um went crazy but travis let's look at this series here i see the phillies comparisons to those other wild card Mm -hmm. teams that were scary to the astros do you think they can do what those other teams did are you going to pick the Phillies or are you going to pick the well-oiled Astros? Which team do you have taking the World Series? What's hard is that um, do you – I mean it, the one big thing is do I do I really – I could definitely see the Phillies winning this series, but do I really see the third NL East team taking it to the Astros? It, it just seems like odds-wise it has to be the Astros' way this time. Um, of course, my head says Astros. My heart says Phillies. Uh, I'll, I'll get into my pick in a little bit, but of course, I want to do a little bit of background digging too. What's funny, of course, Alex, these two teams played in the last series of the year this year in Houston. Astros took the series two games to one. What's funny is that they actually faced Nola in game one of the series. Nola shut them down. They did not score a run that game. The next game, Verlander faced the Phillies, and he had 10 strikeouts through five innings. So Verlander completely owned and Suarez was a complete nightmare, I would say, in his last regular season start. And then, of course, Framber Valdez, common occurrence, got the quality start in the last game of the series. And they won the, they won the game 3-2 and won that three-game series 2-3. to three. But, of course, all things are different in the postseason. The, the Phillies seem like they are very much trying to just stay consistent, hopefully stay above the Brewers and get into the playoffs. Once they're in the playoffs, they can figure everything out. And, the you know, of course, the Astros were looking at the first-round bye and uh, we're just trying to stay healthy and, you know, try, try to at least play good baseball. Um, and one thing I will point out as well, too, it's really funny. You know, one week ago we were looked at as is this playoff structure kind of bad for these one seeds? Is is the buy really hurting it? It should should the number one seed really have, you know, the, the chance to play in the wild card weekend? Should like they not have any time off? But it's just funny that you get the Astros. They go seven and oh right now in the playoffs and then you get the Phillies, who of course are fighting their ass off every single series, having to play on the road in all of these series, um, you know, winning big games in St. Louis, winning big games in Atlanta, and winning, of course, big games in San Diego. Uh, it, it, again, there's so many things, Alex. I mean, I know we discussed it last year. I think last year we did a comparison on, you know, who has the better offense, who has the better pitching, who has the better bullpen. You know, we I think we did position by position as well. Um, I'll say this year, the Astros finally come up and can figure out what's wrong. I, I think I think they're playing this postseason with this a little bit more of a chip on their shoulder that, you know, I mean, of course, getting out of 2020, you basically lost the last two regular seasons in the World Series to these little, little giants, if I'd say that, you know, could that just had the momentum to get through them. But I just feel like the Astros this postseason are playing with a little bit more of a frustration and anger 
that they want to make sure they can secure the job. It'll be a tough series. I think this series will probably go six games or so. Um, it, you know, again, the big, the big thing that I think that scares me with this pick is I think playing at Philly will be a very tough test for this Houston team because Philly's environment is going to be the most different they've ever faced in this playoffs. I mean, I know Seattle was crazy, but Seattle's not in the Philly environment. Yankees, I think after they blew open cold, the Yankees kind of gave up. I mean, we saw $18 tickets for game four of the American League Championship Series. So the, the Yankee fans were devastated after game three, and they really didn't support them for game four, I felt. So I, I will say Phil, I would say Astros will win this series. Um, again, I, I, it's not going to be easy. And if the Phillies win, it's, it's going to be no surprise. They, I mean, th- what scares me is they have the momentum. And I've always preached about who has the momentum in the playoffs. I just think this year... Houston cannot come up short for the third time in a row against an NL East team. They have to get the job done this year. So I'll go Astros in this series. Just be a little different, of course, too. Yeah. And I know I did it last series and I lost it, but, you know. My turn. Astros coming up. (laughs) Okay. So, Travis, I think that very few people are as high on the Astros as me the last few years. I have. You picked them last year. Yeah. I've always preached. Um, how well-oiled they are. That's just the best way to put it. They just have everything figured out. They know exactly who's going to be where, um, at what times. Um, they have the depth. They have the pitching. They have the hitting. They have the defense. Year in, year out, Travis, they find a way to get better. Your Don steps up. I mean, Travis, people are talking about their 2017, their 2017 team as mm-hmm. like this legendary team. They go on to add a Cy Young caliber Cole. Yeah. They add a guy like Granky, who of course is gone. Those guys are gone now, but... Uh, since then, they've replaced those guys with guys like Framber Valdez, Christian Javier, mm-hmm. Luis Garcia. McCullers only McCull- gotten better. McCullers has stepped up in a big way, of course. Um, you keep looking at other guys. The 2017 lineup was really good. They've added Jordan Alvarez, possibly the best hitter in baseball. You know, that's obviously up for debate, but he's in that conversation. Um, you look at the way they added, uh, almost like right when they lost Springer, Tucker becomes his all-star. And yep. it's like, it really comes down to they continue to retool uh, Altuve, people thought he might have fallen off a couple of years ago. 2020, he looked really questionable. In the playoffs, he stepped up again. He's really cold right now. Had a few hits in that elimination game in mm-hmm. New York, but mm-hmm. um, I think he will kind of have a... He has to have a monster game at some point here. He can't be cold the whole series. I mean, maybe he will. We'll see. But um, I know, you know, like I said, no one um, has as high of a opinion of the Astros as me. Cheating aside, I think that since then, they've really proven how um dominant they are against the american league they really continue to shut it down um then looking over at the phillies it really looks like um you know a lot of if you look at like regular season numbers like there's no way you couldn't help but pick the astros right it's just the logical choice when you're looking at the uh performance and the depth and the way that they've been here before done that before you know Mm -hmm. um a lot is going in favor of the Astros in that regard. Um, and yeah, you mentioned how you always kind of used to pick with your, you're comparing like your head and your heart. My head, of course, does say Astros as well. And I've always picked with my head. Um, but that being said, that Travis, changes today. <laughs> that being said, Travis, um, there's Phillies team. I will, I'll put it this way. This Phillies team so far this postseason has impressed me more than the Astros have. Mm-hmm. And what what I mean by that is 
part of that is because the Astros already had this high expectation, right? We already ex- them making it this far, Travis, was the expectation. Yeah, no surprise at all. If they lost in the DS or CS, it would have been a disappointment, mm-hmm. right? If the Phillies lost the DS or CS, it probably would have been a disappointment. They hoped they would win the World Series, but yep. they still made it that far. They won the wild card round yep. in a series that you know people might not have picked them in. So I think in that regard, it makes sense for the Phillies to be more impressive. But even a step further than that, Travis, I really just think what I've seen from the Phillies of how they're playing right now at this moment, it's been more impressive to me. I hope that this little, you know, four games off or whatever, four days off, whatever it is, hope it doesn't affect anyone's momentum or their hot swinging or their hot pitching. But what I've seen from the Phillies so far is rather impressive. Actually, I'll start with the Astros too. So from the Astros perspective, this postseason, they played Seattle a lot closer than the 3-0 might suggest. Oh, yeah. The 3-0 is a sweep. A sweep is a sweep. But I'm looking at the numbers here. A one-run win in walk-off fashion in Game One. It really felt like that they were out. They were being outplayed mm-hmm. in that series. Um, I'm sorry, in that game in Game One until Yordan just crushed one off Ray. Game Two against Seattle, a two-run win, four to two. And then, of course, Game Three was just a game that nobody even wanted to win. Right, mm-hmm. the pitchers wanted to win. Yeah. The hitters, the hitters wanted no part of winning that game. Finally, Pena steps up and hits a home run and. I felt like it was like the, the 30th inning or something, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that ends up being a sweep. But it really, the run differential of the series, Travis, was only four runs. So a much, you know, a much closer series than I might let on. Then they go and face the Yankees. Of course, they owned the Yankees. They outclassed the Yankees. They were the better team. But Travis, game one was a two-run win. Game two was a one-run win. Game three, a nice five-run win. But then the last game as well, a one-run win. So I don't want to nitpick here because a win is, of course, a win. I just feel like um, there have been more dominant Astros teams. And maybe they sweep the Phillies and they become this historic team that that didn't lose a run and I look stupid. Better than Chicago White Sox 05. But, but (laughs) Travis, the the crazy thing is that um, that could happen. And people might say, oh, this is the best Astros team. But I I just don't think that it is. I think maybe... 2019, uh, even last season, they were really special. Um, there have been, I think, better iterations of this team. Mm-hmm. I still think that their upside is like, you know, best team in the MLB kind of uh, expectation and that kind of standard. But the Phillies and what they've done this postseason, for me, um, it goes beyond momentum, I think. It's just almost like the expectations and what they've been able to put up and how that they've risen to the occasion – um, to me, it's just more impressive. Uh, against St. Louis, won both games by multiple runs. Uh, and then they went on to play Atlanta. Uh, games one and two were both close games, and they actually lost the run differential for those two games. But games three and four were blowouts. Nine to one, eight to three. You know, there was no shot. Atlanta had no chance to beat them in Philadelphia once those games uh, traveled back north. And then against San Diego, uh, Travis... Uh, yeah, they won in five games, so it's not a, it's not a, as sexy as like a sweep yeah. um, that the Astros had. But I still think the the wins might have been more impressive, even though they didn't sweep, because they did win, um, you know, games by uh, multiple runs in every game but the last, and then of course they lost one. But I just think that some of the outburst performance by the Phillies, for me, it's just been uh, it's been that much more impressive. Um, how everyone is clicking. It really feels like with the Astros, not everyone is clicking right now. Altuve, mm-hmm. we know, is not clicking. Bregman is pretty hot. 
Um, Pena obviously was the MVP, but your Don, I think has slowed down since like that game one against, uh, Seattle ever since then, I think he's been swinging a bit of a colder bat. Mm-hmm. Um, the bottom of the lineup always is a bit questionable, even though yeah. Maldonado from time to time will step up. McCormick's um, been a little hot. Gurriel has been a little hot. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I just think that I guess based on the expectation of the Astros, um, they just don't feel as dominant as years past for me. Obviously, they haven't lost the game in the postseason yeah, yet. Yeah. But just what I'm seeing, I'm seeing, uh, I'm seeing a little bit of an edge for the Phillies, and that's not, um, you know, informed by that many stats. That's just mostly just me watching the games and seeing, yeah. okay, this is how this team is performing at this moment, and that is really what matters because it comes down to the next four to seven games. It does not matter which team is built for the long haul. Um, it, it matters all chips on the deck. I really think I trust both Nola and Wheeler more than anyone in the Astros rotation. Mm-hmm. And that might seem like slander to Verlander. Um, but I would I, agree with you on that. Verlander will be the big question mark. Sure. I, I'm, I'm glad you agree. I think, honestly, if I was the Astros, the guy I trust the most, even though New York got to him a little bit, um, was McCullers. I think mm-hmm. McCullers is their true guy who I feel like he has ice in his veins. Um I give the, the Yankees the biggest props of what I saw from the Yankees all playoffs was how they handled McCullers. They did well against him and they got four runs on him, if I'm not mistaken. But um, I, I, I'm just such a I'm so high on the Nola and Wheeler tandem. Suarez has been um, good enough in that role. They almost they, they used them for the save, which is like. I feel like not necessary, but at yeah. the same time, they won the game and now they have the rest. So the rest will allow him to become a starter again, I'm sure, because he has like the four or five days off or whatever it is. So um, I may be rambling at this point, Travis, but <laughs> I just I just want to make it clear that um, what I'm seeing from the Phillies, um, it feels more than just a hot team. It's a team that kind of figured it out. And um, it, I, 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 the caveat is that this little... Uh, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday off, hoping it does not affect the uh, hot bats of Harper, of Hoskins, of Schwarber, of Real Muto. But assuming that, you know, they look like the team that they were um, just this last weekend, that team, I think, is going to beat the Astros. So I'm going to go ahead and say Phillies. Mm -hmm. It will be, I think, a close series only because um, the Astros, I've never seen them lose a series without going down I mean, they don't go down without a fight, essentially. I've never seen them get blown out in a series before. So I really think that they uh, are going to, you know, be a really hard fight. But I like the Phillies pitching edge, personally. The Mm -hmm. bullpen is more questionable, of course, but I think they have the ability to rise to the occasion. I'm really interested to see what they might do in like a game six or seven of bringing out Wheeler and Nola on short rest. I think that they will. They have the, the gusto to go for something like that. Also... Um, the bats, even though Astros have a better lineup, quote unquote, the way the Phillies are swinging it right now, the top of the lineup, I think is as deadly as you'll find across baseball. So mm-hmm. all that to say is I'm going to pick Phillies. Um, of course, part of that ties into them being my pick before the playoffs begun. Yep. Um, it would be a coward move to back out now. Now that they, <laughs> they, they made it this far, if I picked the Astros, it might just be a slap into the face to the Maybe city if they were going to like game five or seven every series and they were just looking like... If it looked like they were like 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 defense was just not good, you know. Right. Yeah. And 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 they've had their issues. The defense has had some bad moments. Um, there's just been different things that might uh be causes for concern. 
but the impressive things that they've put forth have made it all a wash away in my mind. I have I have no I have no qualms about you know um, the way they're playing right now. It is um, you know it is a groove that is rare to find a team be playing this hot and. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like maybe they've been this team ever since they uh, got their new manager back in June. This has just been a a special run, and I, I draw the comparisons to 2019 Nationals again. I think that we could look back um, at this team in a very similar way. And yep. so um, I'm going to go Phillies. Okay. Um, I'm not going to say a game number, but I do think it'll be a <laughs> You're going to go past five? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go back to uh, Houston for uh, the last two games, or at least the last uh, six or seven. I guess so. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I only. Say I guess that, the only thing is the Astros don't lose in in five. You know. Uh, yeah, and I was gonna say I think the Astros are not gonna lose three straight in mm-hmm. Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. That would be, that would be special for this Phillies yeah. team if they could do that. I think even if the even if the Phillies steal one in Houston, I think the Astros probably don't lose three in the road in a row. So, um, I'm excited, Travis. I yeah. cannot wait for this start to start. Yeah. Um, there's so many storylines to track here. How. Uh, let's switch to this real quick and we're done with a tbs broadcast which i'm i don't know what it is alex but i just it it makes the series so much more boring i I don't know why it was just a lot harder to watch the american league side this year than it was to watch the nl side i think also uh you know fox announcers john smoltz i think it's joe davis as well just they have a they have electricity in their voice that i just i i don't know i I like seeing ken rosenthal i like seeing some of these other guys doing the uh, the broadcasts uh you know and some of the little reports but and also seeing of course you know alex rodriguez big poppy frank thomas you know post game and pregame so i i'm excited for that at least a lot more (laughs) Uh, i'll say this the joe davis call in the harper home run was definitely beyond electric i think yep. that the call was bryce harper the swing of his life like could not be more true with mm-hmm. that kind of call mm-hmm. i've never been huge on smoltz just because it feels like he just kind of this is my personal opinion it feels like he likes to pout whenever like a team like does something that he doesn't agree with like like i it, it is very it's very old school mindset i'll just put it that way but <laughs> but but we'll, we'll just kind of move on from that he reminds All me of fame mindset the, right i hey travis i mean it's very similar to a rod and a rod is a uh, guy who hit Aaron's had some good takes over the past couple of weeks. I think he has uh, 700 home runs, and he thinks that every player should bunt and swing oppo. But I guess he doesn't like taking his own notes. But <laughs> anyway, I think I think Arod and and just kind of like me, we just we have an obsession there where if if we get score like, you know, if we could just hit them to death, I think that's just kind of like a. I don't know. It's kind of like we we completely dominated them today, rather than just like let's just like sure m- sure. But and what's funny is it's, it's the same. It's the it's the equal value of let's just go out there and hit the grand slam. You know, can we get some guys on by walking and then somehow getting a guy up there to hit it out of the ballpark where it's like oh we could have scored four runs by hitting getting eight hits or four runs by you know two hits. So yeah, I, I get I get what you mean, and I just think that A Rod is a guy who um, he, he did think that Judge needed to get out of the leadoff spot, and you know. Things were fixed after that for a little bit. What are you talking about? He had a terrible postseason. He had a terrible postseason, but compared to the leadoff spot at the two spot, much better. Not in the regular season. Well, I mean, that's that's funny. At thirty games in regular season and one hundred and twenty games in this two hole in this regular season, so Judge just doesn't like batting leadoff. And Boone, Boone, Boone's the reason. Boone, get, Boone's the problem. You think? Get Boone out of there. <laughs> so we disagree on that, but that's okay. Um, Travis, a, a final note on the World Series kind of coverage. Bryce Harper um, 
how how important do you think this series is for his legacy? Because for me, no, it's already cemented, right? No, no, it's already he's already that guy for me, and he was that guy before this this NLCS. But this NLCS, um, I feel like you can't dispute it anymore, right? But if if he were to somehow do what he did in the CS again in the World Series, mm-hmm. if he had that kind of series, you know, a few games here where he's going like two for four, home run and a double, three yeah. RBIs, whatever it is, just every game, game in, game out. Um, being the big producer if he did that in the world series and delivered the ring um what kind of what kind of stratosphere does that put him in can, can he can how high can he ascend up the hall of fame kind of mm-hmm. leaderboards in a way like could he be like you know not i'm not going to say inner circle but like can he really climb the ranks into being like okay this might be a top 50 player ever kind mm-hmm. of thing like mm-hmm. like what 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 can be uh, what can be the outcome for Bryce Harper because of this coming, you know, this next four to seven games of baseball? Yeah, um, I, you know, honestly, I, I, I don't think it's just a huge impact. I don't think it's a huge push. It's just a very nice addition to the resume that his if he only wins one World Series, you can definitely say he is the reason why they won the World Series. He showed up for the two to three weeks of baseball and completely tore the ball up. But I think when it comes to Hall of Fame, I'm with you. I think that right now there's already that um, there's already that that, you know, foundation structure that's already been built for his Hall of, Hall of Fame case. And I think he will, of course, be a Hall of Famer when his career is all said and done. The numbers, of course, just speak too, too well for him and and and, and all that stuff. So I, I think the, it's, it's definitely just a can you be a, you know, of course, a Philadelphia legend? Can you, you know, have that one, you know postseason that we can always remember and talk about I, th- I think there's of course been other you know we'll have to of course see how the series goes but you know they're you know looking back at you know even bonds in 2002 i know he couldn't secure the job um he did his part he did his part yeah yeah of course defense in game six we'll get we can get that some other time but yeah uh, i think the bet made up for it though <laughs> it did but you know i mean you know that, that, that's on the coach for not subbing him out we that's right i knew the coach was right <laughs> I think he may forget to say about Jordan in this series and a similar thing could happen. And that's funny. Jordan's playing left, Bonds played left, and they're both just tearing the ball off the cover. They're both huge left-handed hitters. But um it's it's uh it's it's I think it's gonna be a nice a just a nice feature to his resume, but I don't think it's anything that's gonna be drastic. Um it'd be funny because I think you mentioned is he in that OPS um category, was he top three i know beltran and bonds were he was the fourth two was number three you oh it was uh willie stargell yes stargell okay so i think and stargell won it that year in 79 um with the pirates but it, it, it would be interesting though if he of course surpassed stargell and then you could say the best ops from a world champion in that season that'd be pretty remarkable um i think yeah beltran lost in the nlcs and then bonds lost in the world series but um I, again i i i I think he's already done enough this postseason to um, have that um, just to have that recognition of, of what an incredible postseason this is. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I think that this will just be more of just kind of a um, a feature to the Hall of Fame resume. It's it, it, funny how baseball just kind of it's not like, you know, many other sports, NFL or NBA, when you have that, you know, if this was if this was the NBA playoffs and Bryce Harper was doing what he's doing you know, you'd be looking at this guy as, okay, like he just added a insane amount of value to his Hall of Fame status right, right now, you know. But with baseball, it's kind of, you know, you look at a guy like Mike Trout has not won a postseason game in his career, but I think we can all say he has a way better uh, resume than, you know, 
Bryce Harper right now. But I, I'll just say that I, I think that it's a nice feature, but it doesn't really do too much in, into me as a, to affecting his um, his legacy. So, uh, but I mean, not many people can say what they've done to contribute to a world champion like this um, than, right. than Bryce Harper. So, especially right. with the way that it kind of played out with you know what he got, we got hit on the hand in like June. Yeah. To, to, to think he would go yeah. at that point, Travis, the team, I don't think they were in the playoff picture at that no, point. No, they were just climbing. They were getting hot, but yeah. They got hit in the hand. You knew Harper was going to miss an extended amount of time. And it was in San Diego. Really it was, funny. It was against Snell, of course. And and after going through that, I think if at that moment, like maybe day or two after he gets hit in the hand, I wonder what their World Series odds were or their pennant odds even, yeah, you know, yeah. at that time, you know, knowing that Harper was going to miss time. You're not winning the pennant without Bryce Harper. Yeah. And, and even when he does come back, he can't play the field. So um, it's just been absolutely crazy the turnout mm-hmm. that they've had. Um, and I like I like I like how you kind of contextualized um, you know, what it means for his career. Because for us, it's a bit of a different conversation because we already would have said going into the playoffs, for us, we anticipate if if we have Hall of Fame votes, he at can some go point, 0 for nine and he's still, you know. He, he we, we yeah. would check the box still. Yeah, of course. But but other people, Travis, there's people out there who surely will not check the box. Yeah. And maybe what he might do in the World Series or maybe what he just did in the NLCS could be a difference maker for for their opinion. So I could not be happier that he is kind of changing some minds, um, even though people who, you know, are really in the know, I think yeah. they, they always kind of knew that. Um, at, I think at least after the 2021 MVP were like, oh, he has this level still, like mm-hmm. he is, he's really special. So. Yeah. And I think a lot of people will say, you know, you know, is, is getting third in your division a, a, a good job or, you know, is, is the first year that the sixth seed can make the playoffs is in, and you guys get the sixth seed. Is that really a good job? Like every other year you would have been, you know, the first, the last team out right? and you would have been devastated by the finish because you were so close. So, you know, there are going to be people like that, that are going to look like that and say, you know, Bryce Harper, you know, uh, has not had that, you know, that, unanimous kind of you know he is cemented as you know great opportunity to be in in cooperstown one day i mean i think with the postseason he's having here uh it's it's only cementing his case even more i mean the regular season the two mvps of course say it all for me especially when it's at two different times of his career when he was young and vibrant hot with the washington nationals the nationals are winning the divisions every single year and then he goes to philly and now can take this team to the world series um, or at least take this team on a deep playoff run so i mean no problems right there with that alex i think i I think you mentioned a little bit earlier ago but it is going to be interesting i don't know if i've seen or experienced or if we've even had a four and a half day break from playoff baseball i feel like the it really frustrated me alex the first the wild card weekend and the division series weekend there were four games a day also to pair with nfl and college football it was just i mean talk about the we're, TV stations we, were just being we, flipped. We were, we were spoiled. Exactly. We were spoiled, but also we were a little bit overwhelmed because sure. I was just flipping from back and forth. I wanted to see the end of this game. I wanted to see the start of this game. The Astros are going 18 innings, and I want to see if they can walk off or if the or if the Mariners can walk off and, and force a game four. It was just – it was nuts. And now, of course, we get this break. Um, it, it just kind of seems like we had this just insane marathon, and now it just kind of takes a, take, takes a quick – stop and now we're going to get it back up on friday but uh it it will be interesting to see which team it's going to affect more the four the four full days off will it affect the phillies and this momentum will the fire start to kind of fade or will it affect the astros will the astros um be affected by kind of these these 
buy period. That's funny. You know, I saw a graph today of, of almost every single, I think from since October 6th, um, someone posted, they said the Astros have had a pretty unique October and it was like, they've either had an off day or one. And it was really funny because it was like off day, off day, off day, W, off day, W, off day, W. And then it was like off, 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 W, W, off, W, W. And it was really funny that they kind of have just been on this weird postseason schedule this year that it's it's been a bunch of off days and they've handled it really well. I mean, of course, they've won seven that, in a row, true. but it's going to be interesting to see if the buy is going to affect Phillies have not had a buy yet and they're getting their buy right now. So will that affect them this week? Um, into the po in, into the World Series, or will the Astros be affected more by having just kind of this weird schedule of? I mean, I mean, they've probably doubled the amount of off days as they've doubled their games won or games played. So, I, I interesting I how that goes. I, I think it's a great way to frame the fact that the Astros may have a bit of an edge. The edge I see them having is they have been in the playoffs before. Every playoffs is going to be different. Mm -hmm. They've swept teams before where the other team that they're about to face didn't sweep, so they have to kind of wait for that series to end. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of used to having some days off, and that could serve out to be a benefit for the team that uh, in the Astros is sort of more of a consistent, we've been here before team versus a Phillies team that is really relying on the momentum to continue. Um, they might handle the off days a bit worse, or at least it could go worse yeah. for them if, if, if um, they kind of get shocked back into... Um, their regular season form so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i could see that being a slight edge for the astros um, um last question i'll ask you and i know we had to of course make our picks for the teams but world series mvp who do you who are you thinking about right now is it is it is it the guy that's been on the tear and does not slow down the momentum is just going to keep building for him or is it a uh we've seen the most unlikeliest heroes alex uh i mean I, the last guy i think was I go back to uh, I think it's it was I think his first name was Steve, but Steve Pierce for the Boston Red Sox in 2018 when they had Mookie and JD and all these guys. I think Steve Pierce had like three home runs in the World Series and was just a juggernaut at the plate. It was just a guy that was a bench bat for almost every team he'd been on and came out in the postseason in the World Series and he was I ready. Mean, went off and and I, I don't know if he got a deal after that season or if he retired I, I I know he's not playing baseball right now but it's it's just fun to see that every year you might be predicting one guy and I think no one predicted Jorge Soler last year <laughs> absolutely no one predicted him I think we all would have picked Max Freed other starting pitchers before we would have gone out and said uh you know oh. Jorge Soler will be the guy but I want to know who the, the the what the preseason odds might have been for Soler before 2021. Oh, I know preseason odds for World Series MVP. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's nuts right now. I think right now I looked at Caesars and of course, um, it's funny Astros are favored, but Bryce Harper is the favorite to win the World Series MVP. So it's kind of a mix and match. They kind of want to cover their cover themselves. I, I mean, of course, if Harper's playing at his best, uh, you know, and they win, it, he of course will be. It, it makes sense that they did it that way because. Um, there's more of a gap between, I think, Harper's production and the rest of his teammates compared mm -hmm. to the Astros. It feels like it could be Altuve, it could be Bregman, it could be Jordan, it could be Tucker. Um, the way that they have a chance, and then Pena just won the MVP of the last series. So yep. the way that they have this ability, and if Verlander goes two starts, shut out, you know, I mean, the, yeah, way, the, right. the way it could be anyone for the Astros because the the consistency of across the roster it makes sense, but the Phillies, it's all about the upside. Harper clearly has the most upside. Mm -hmm. um, I don't feel 
I just, you know, I picked the Phillies, Travis, because I didn't want to go chalk, right? Yeah. And the chalk <laughs> pick would be Harper. Yep. So I'm not going to go Harper. Of course, I would love for him to win it. Um, I picked Schwarber last series, and mm-hmm. he had his fair fair share of, of mash mashing the ball, but oh, yeah. not as impressive as some of his teammates. I am going, I'm really between two guys. Mm-hmm. And maybe a third wild card guy. Um, I think Schwarber even had a pretty good. I think he might have had two home runs last year against the Astros in the American League Championship Series. So he's seen them before. Mm. He's seen these guys. He's seen Frammer. He's seen. It's a good point. Actually, I don't think he saw McCullers. I think he was already done for that year. And then you might, it, you might be he, changing my mind here. He's seen Javier. Um, didn't see Verlander, but you know. So what? What I'm going to do, Travis? I mean, a little part of me wants to pick Wheeler or Nola just yep. because it would be that. It'd be the final missing link to yeah. that 2019 comparison I yeah. keep making to the Nationals, where and, and they're gonna Strasburg get, was there, and they're going to get MVP. two starts most likely. You know, yeah. yeah it, it, if one of them seals the deal with a shutout eight innings or something, then that would be a, a big exclamation to their case. But I'm going to go with Schwarber. I think okay. that he can channel into um, what he did um, as a Red Sox against the Astros last year. He was really productive. Um, he swings the bat so. It, it, just a fearsome plate presence. Um, the average is not good, but I think if he hits, you know, four home runs or something, that would just be all he needs. But so many guys are swinging the bat. Will Hoskins, Harper, Real mm-hmm. Muto, that it's tough to pick. But of course, um, I'm picking a Philly, and I'll go with Schwarber. I think he uh, he he's the guy who might step up in, in the big at bat. Okay. But okay. give me your thought. Um, who in the Astros for you would you be leaning towards? You know, and I picked your Don last series. Um, just the, of course, the chalk pick <laughs> best odds i'm pretty sure as well for the national or the american league championship series um and of course with pena kind of coming out of nowhere to to win it um that's that's a good job for him but i, I think i'm going to go with your guy alex i'm going to go with kyle tucker to win the world series mvp he's had somewhat of a of a you know a quiet october so mm-hmm. far i think he yeah. actually only has in Seven games, he has six hits, you know, and only one extra base hit, and that was a home run in the league division series. So I think this, this of course, um, this World Series, I think the next couple of days he can kind of work on some things and, you know, kind of get ready for poss- probably a Wheeler-Nola at home, so a r- heavy righty uh, approach. And then, of course, Suarez in Philly for game three. So I think, it, you know, knowing who you're probably going to face so early in advance is probably a very good sign to start getting ready for some of these guys. That's why it's honestly, I mean, if anyone wouldn't be a surprise, you know, because you can really start preparing. Phillies can start preparing for Verlander and Framber if that's who it's going to be. But you so what know. you're telling me is I should be putting all my money on Stott. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, hey, why, why not? I mean, a rookie shortstop did it for the Astros in, you know, the lead, you know, I mean, that again, Alex, that would not be. A terrible crazier yeah. things have happened exactly exactly so i mean rice and stott you can have your moment right here right now but uh you, you know i i definitely think uh kyle tucker you know and we've we've talked about him you know 2021 was an insane season for him um you know had a very good postseason i think in, yeah it was in the uh in the uh alds last year he was you know it was like a 1000 or so ops he was going off he had two home runs and then he had two home runs in the league championship series so he of course had a had a little bit of a quieter world series but i think uh i think things will get picked up this year i think the kyle tucker will be the world series mvp for the astros i don't i mean i know strasburg won it but i don't i don't know i just don't uh you know i feel like it's hard for pitchers because of course i mean you're gonna see most world series most games especially when you go deeper 
sometimes you might see you might see Wheeler, you might see Nola in Game Six only go two times through the order. And you might say, you know what, get us four, get us five innings, and then you're done. Let's turn over to you, the bullpen. You really have to stay out of trouble completely. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. And so it'll be interesting because Nola will have to, of course, probably face. We probably have to have to go two times in Houston, and Wheeler will might have to go probably, of course, one time in Houston, one time in Philly. So you kind of can match it up that way. Would Nola do really good? Uh, pitching on the road or is he you know better at home so you can kind of look at those kind of numbers but then of course in, in the postseason sometimes you can overthink this kind of stuff and you know Jeremy Pena won the you know American League Championship Series MVP so oh Alex that kind of covers all of it um, I know last year we did a really in-depth uh, you know take on you know the World Series I think we even I think I literally we went through the positions like okay would you rather have Travis Darno or Martin Maldonado? And we kind of just did Debate. the checkpoints and, and all that stuff. And it was going down the list that way. And so uh, we can go all into that aspect of it. But I mean, when if, it if, comes down to it, it's... it's here's, here's a fun thought I had real quick. You and I, if we had to do a draft and we can draft players from either team to build our our, our you know our team that was going to compete yep. in like a fantasy kind of situation, you have first overall pick. Who would mm -hmm. you go? I would be taking Wheeler. Wheeler's your first pick? Yeah. He's just been... Wow. He's been, I mean, you got to get a pitcher. I mean, you got to get a pitcher, right? I mean, come on. Do you? All right, Joe. Yeah, he's going to shut everybody down. I almost want to continue I almost want to continue this, <laughs> but I think it would take a while. Who are you getting? Let's go. Who, who are you going next? Um, who are your next two picks? Because, of course, it'll be a snake. Snake draft. So I'm gonna, I'll take... I should just steal the bats. No, you can't. I'll just steal. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. <laughs> I'll go Harper. And I'll go. I'll go Nola. Harper and Nola. Excellent. Excellent. First three picks all on the Phillies. Yeah. Yeah. But. Explain that. I mean, the best team that wins. So. Of course. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I think that um, you mentioned earlier a good point about I asked you if this series could change Harper's legacy mm -hmm. and you compared it to like trout where trout doesn't make the playoffs, but we know how legendary he is. And I of course agree with that. And it feels like the regular season, um, one guy can't get you there, mm -hmm. but in a series, Travis, one guy can't win it for you, but a couple guys being hot can win it for you. Of I course. feel like so, of um, it really does feel a bit more about the individual when it comes to a series like this. I think like, um, one or two, really big games from a few players can just be the difference maker, you mm -hmm. know? So, mm -hmm. uh, that being said, Travis, I, I get a little bit of, um, I get Juan, Juan Soto 2019 for me, Travis is such a great example of yeah. putting a player on the map because he did it in the biggest moments, right? Everybody um, in the world's watching. Yeah. I remember, I, Travis, I remember before we had a podcast, we would just text each other like our little, like we would just make these little like all ML, all MLB teams and we just had it in our heads, you know, <laughs> but um, we had no one to, 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 to talk to, uh, no podcast to speak on. But I remember it's all hidden, hidden, hidden away in the, uh, in the secret DM and, vault. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I remember putting Juan Soto in my 2019 all MLB team because he had a crazy on base percentage. Yep. But I think the rest of the world, like they weren't ready to embrace him until mm -hmm. the playoffs when he w was a monster. He had a clutch wild card hit. Yep. He had a clutch home run against the Dodgers. And then he had a clutch home run in the World Series against Garrett Cole. I mean, the, the list goes on of what he accomplished. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, all that being said, Travis, 
uh, I feel like a postseason, it's not going to make or break your legacy, but it has the ability to change the way people think about you, yep. I think. And I, I'm excited to see if the Astros or the Phillies take better advantage of this moment. Yep. So, and, and one thing I wanted to say before we finish this episode, because it's going to happen right after the World Series, we're going to skip the all MLB teams. And right now, we easily, easily said a month ago, Alex, Jordan Alvarez is the best DH in the game. Bryce Harper will win that award for all MLB DH if, of course, he has a better World Series than Jordan Alvarez. And that's just going to be kind of the sad sad part about it is that I think we all can say Jordan's 2022 much better. He was healthy, unlike Bryce Harper, and Bryce Harper's second half was, you know, not really impressive at all. But it's going to be one factor when you look at it. And I mean... Me and you, of course, we, I mean, we preach about it all the time when we give our list. We, we really want to, we, that, that kind of team that we built, it, it, it is definitely a lot of pride in us because we definitely are looking at these guys. And like we say, in, in 10, 15 years from now, we hope that this is used in a Hall of Fame kind of, you know, vote um, criteria, you know, you know, not looking at all the awards because sometimes awards are stolen in, in weird ways. But, you know, you're looking at the all MLB teams. We hope that, you know, this can be a good factor in saying, okay, man, like your Don was the best DH for eight years straight or something like that. But unfortunately it seems like these are things that are getting stolen as well. Yeah, right. The yeah. same, the same voters that are screwing over MVP and Cy Young might also be screwing over some uh, all MLB type guys. And I was thinking, sorry, Machado and Arenado, Alec Bohm. <laughs> I, I, I was about to make the same exact joke. I was about to say your World Series MVP, Alec Bohm, is also the first team oh, all MLB. Yeah, yeah. and, and if, if that happens, Alex, I think me and you will be screaming when that comes out and they start no, I love the Bohm. voting. I mean, I guess, but yeah. No, of, co- of course you want it to go to the guy that earned it in the regular season and not the postseason, yep. but... Um, sorry, um, sorry, any center fielder because Brandon Marsh is your all MLB. Hey, why not? You know, why <laughs> not? Fielder, so, but I mean, it's gonna be interesting. I wanted to point that out before we ended because we probably will be able to cover after the postseason, after the World Series, and all that stuff. But it it's just gonna be interesting because Bryce Harper has been the DH for the postseason, and his name will be under for DHs for all MLB. And I already know America right now is probably leading Bryce Harper because of the last two weeks when. I mean, Jordan had a crazy, if there was a division series MVP, he would have got it, you know, for, right. for that series, but there isn't. So, uh, it's, it's really, what's the, what's the, you know, the hot take right now, who's the hot player right now, um, who's on my mind right now. And Bryce Harper is, I think on everybody's mind as the best hitter in the world right now. Uh, and it's gonna, I think it's going to be a big, it's going to be a big decision when that comes down, of course we like to always look at the regular season and not really count the postseason. We can, you know, and that's one thing we'll do next episode. We'll make the all postseason team. That'll be fun because we did it last year. Right. Um, and we can do it again this year, but it's, it's one thing I'm going to definitely take in a, take a deep dive in when they release the nominees or that when they release the voting to the public, I think it's going to be probably a couple days after the world series ends or in November. And it's just going to be really funny to see, you know, Reese Hoskins going to get a bunch of love with what he's done already. Yeah. You know, Harper's going to get a bunch of love and who knows who else real Muto. I mean, we voted real Muto, but he's going to get probably even more love. You know, uh, it, it'll be fun to see exactly where the, uh, the popularity picks are going to be headed because last year, Austin Riley had a great postseason, and he was your all MLB third baseman. And me and you, of course, were, I honestly, Travis, I don't even think his postseason was that crazy. It was really he, good. He just had clutch hits. It was, it and, was, and that's where you remember. And and, it, and that and and like I kind of mentioned with the sort of thing, kind of wrapping this whole section up, these kind of big moments can 
kind of stick you in the minds of, of the common fan. And that's what baseball is all about to some. To some, it's all about, you know, oh, that guy, he had that really clutch double in that in that big World Series inning. And so, um, Travis, we've been talking about it for a long time, but I still cannot wait to see who kind of steps up in this uh, big, you know, huge World Series it's the one seed versus the six seed. It couldn't be more dramatic. Um, it's never happened before. So my first time it could happen, of course, but, um, <laughs> no, I'm saying the one in the six. No, I know. And this is the yeah. first year that that, that, <laughs> that, that, that could have happened. But, um, Travis, we will talk to the listeners again when the world series is wrapped up. We will give our all postseason team, our reaction to the world series, of course. And then Travis, after that, we are on the races towards, um, well, there's going to be the awards, obviously, and all that, all that, all that jazz. Yeah. But after that, um, it's going to be all about free agency off season. We don't want to look too far in the future with such a big week ahead of us. But um, this is it, our World Series, Angels. Once the World Series is over, it's it's uh, that's it's, all we it's got. Stove season, so that's all we got. But Travis, um, we made it. Uh, you know, a nice. We got it under two hours. Pretty good little World Series preview. Uh, if the listeners, if you made it this far. We appreciate it so much. You know, uh, follow on Instagram. Shoot us a DM. Who do you got to win those World Series? Um, let us know. And if you made it this far, thanks so much. We'll talk to you guys next week. Presented by Tool Tools Podcast. <laughs>